This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. He, he wants <laughs> nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Paul Stone each and every week with college football best bets. We got some good ones. Had a great one last week. Oregon, Washington did not disappoint. And of course, I mean, game management. I mean, we, we talk about it each and every week. Uh, had fortunate with a push with minus three, uh, felt fortunate there. Let's get right to them and start with the big one. Noon kickoff, Eastern time in the Big Ten and a couple of undefeated Big Ten teams. The big three out of the East, Ohio State at minus four against Penn State at home in Columbus. Paul, what was the look ahead line? We know it had to be bigger than this uh, back in the summertime, huh? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't bet this game, Jimmy, but off the top of my head, I'm thinking it was eight or nine, something in that vicinity. That sounds uh, that sounds right. So certainly uh, it is lower at, at four points than we had uh, way back in the summertime and even a little bit earlier than that at some stores. Yep. So, all right, so uh, looking at four now, Penn State. Well, we know James Franklin is going to beat the spread when he can, so he's bully ball, but he really struggles uh, against the, 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 the highly ranked teams over the, uh, the course of his stay in Happy Valley. Yeah, you know, in my handicap of uh, most games, Jimmy, I'm going to be examining pertinent statistics and analytics and things of that sort, but, you know, sort of more of a mathematical approach, you might say. But in Saturday's, Penn State, Ohio State showdown. I'm going to put my mathematics textbook down. I'm going to pick up my history textbook. And I know it's probably been covered uh, on some of your podcasts uh, and so forth. And it'll be covered nationwide, probably ad nauseum. But the numbers, it's just hard to, to get behind, you know, to uh, ignore rather James Franklin's uh, performance historically since taking over in 2014 against not only Ohio State, but against Michigan, against those big two, Franklin only 4-14 four and 14 straight up, 1-8 uh, and eight against Ohio State. Additionally, only 2-15 and 15 straight up against top 10 teams, only 1-10 versus the top five. Penn State this season, though, and that's what we're talking about. It's a unique season, a new year, and they've been impressive at this point. But you have to ask yourself, who have they played? And they really hadn't played anybody. Their schedule ranked 77th currently by Jeff Sagren. This is Drew Aller's first road start outside the state of Illinois. Uh, He started road games uh, both at Northwestern and Illinois. So one could argue this step up in class really represents his first true road test of his career. And if Aller doesn't, you know, come up big or at least play really well in the passing game, they're going to be relying heavily on that run game featuring Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen 
and definitely that's one of the best running back tandems in all of college football. Uh, but the Buckeyes quite good against the run, only allowing 3.2 yards per uh, carry. Kyle McCord for Ohio State, he's really stepped it up in the past game. He's getting better. Just you know, until I get something different than what I've seen historically from James Franklin in these kind of games, I'm going to keep bucking him. Uh, I like Ohio State minus four over Penn State. Young quarterbacks, it's an old, old angle at the college level. The young quarterbacks making their first road start in a hostile environment. Now, do we have to judge whether or not Champaign or Evanston are hostile? But certainly Columbus will be on Saturday afternoon. Get extra value this football season with Bet River Squares. He went up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same-game parlays on any game with the Squares icon to earn a square. Brought to you by our friends over at Bet Rivers. You're not shying away from the big ones. Let's go down to T-Town, baby. Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Rare revenge spot for Nick Saban and his Alabama Crimson Tide. In Tennessee, well, it's not just a system with Josh Heupel. He misses his quarterback, Hendon Hooker, from last year. This is not the same offense. He had a punt return late for the difference against uh, against A&M last week. Bama minus eight and a half at home, a 3.30 Eastern kickoff. Yeah, I mean, you took a, a, a lot of my talking points, and, and they're all, uh, you know, on, on the mark, in my opinion. You know, I just really like how this sets up for Alabama on a number of fronts. Uh, first of all, Alabama as a team's getting better, and much of that is related to the development at the quarterback position of Jalen Milrow. Uh, his last four games, uh, he's averaged 11.3 yards per pass attempt, so they're not passing the ball a ton, but he's doing a real good job taking care of the football better in those last four games, six touchdowns against only two interceptions. And you talked about the rare revenge spot for Nick Saban. I think he's got still a pretty good memory, and he remembers that 52-49 Loss last year in Knoxville to Tennessee, which basically derailed uh, the Tides' playoff hopes. And if you remember that game, which I'm sure you do, Alabama leads Tennessee 49-42 with four minutes remaining. They've got a fourth down play. Seemed like it's about from the 20 or the 25. Kool-Aid McKinstry intercepts the ball in the end zone, returns it deep into Tennessee uh, territory, only to be negated by what I felt. And I don't talk about officiating much, but a questionable pass interference call against uh, Malachi Moore. And whether it was the right call or the wrong call, I guarantee you Alabama remembers that play. They remember the game. I'm sure Nick's talked about it quite a bit this week there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, so they will, uh, you know, they will be, I think, uh, bringing what I call their collective team psyche. I, I talk about it all the time. A college football team, they have 12 regular season games, and they don't bring 8.5% to each of those 12 games. They don't bring a, a collective amount of energy and passion and preparation. Some games get less, some games get more. I think this is a game that gets more. Uh, as you pointed out, they're just not quite the same team this year. You know, Joe Milton's been, you know, he's been pretty good, but he's certainly not Hendon Hooker. They certainly lack the vertical pass game threat with, with no Jalen Hyatt, their top receiver this year. Brew McCoy's out for the year. Uh, just not the same unit. I don't know where they stand statistically in this category, but a couple of weeks ago, the Volunteers ranked last in the SEC, 14 out of 14 teams in explosive pass plays of 20 or more yards. So that just shows you kind of where that pass uh, passing game is right now. They actually run the ball 56% of their uh, offensive plays. 
but uh, Alabama defends the run well, only allowing three yards per carry. They have not had a running back. Alabama rushed for 70 yards against them all year. Uh, the quarterback at South Florida, Byron Brown, rushed for 92, I think. But no running back. I think the top running back, 68 yards. So Tennessee's trying to run it on the tide. That might not go very well. Alabama, minus eight and a half over Tennessee. Yeah, and, uh, and what Heupel's doing, too, it's almost like, like watching a Matt Canada uh, offense, and not to get the Steelers fans all riled up, but, um, I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of misdirection, a lot of eye candy, a lot of just trying to dis- disguise and confuse defensive fronts instead of just going right at them. A lot of extended handoffs laterally, uh, you know, in these little swing passes, and, or then taking shots downfield, but just not trusting Joe Milton uh, in the intermediate zone uh, at all. So, and and actually, they're better. Uh, yards per play defense is 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 much better this year. Uh, so, you know, not 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 the shootout Bryce Young versus Hooker that we saw last last uh, last year. No question about that. Let's stay in the SEC and you know, uncharacteristically, another couple of teams are looking at kind of involved in some shootouts. South Carolina was in a wild one. Uh, last week, give him credit. I didn't. I, I was wrong on this one. I didn't think Graham Mertz can play. He's playing better for Florida after that highly embarrassing, high-profile game on Thursday night in Salt Lake City. Game management where some belt Billy was kind of looking crooked uh, at uh, times. But now you're looking at uh, Columbia here, Missouri hosting. Certainly only one loss uh, that wild game against LSU at home. Seven and a half in fifty-nine and a half at home against South Carolina. The uh, the you're more interested, Paul, in the total here that fifty nine and a half. Yeah, but you know a formula that I use, uh, Jimmy, and I've utilized for years uh, projects that this game's going to have one hundred and forty two plays, and more importantly, sixty eight points. Uh, projects Missouri to finish with five hundred and seventy two yards, uh, and the and the Tigers they're really clicking offensively. You know they've scored thirty or more points uh, in each of their past five games. They rank in the top 30 nationally in scoring offense at 33.7 points per game and in total offense at uh, 445 yards per game. And their passing game is really flourishing. Brady Cook, their quarterback, uh, and their five-star recruit out of East St. Louis, Illinois, Luther Burden, true sophomore wide receiver, 56 receptions for 808 yards and eight touchdowns. He's really living up to that five-star billing. Last week against Kentucky, he only finished with two catches for 15 yards. But prior to that game, in his previous three games, he had had double-digit reception games in all three of those games prior to Kentucky, 140 receiving yards or more in all three of those games. So he is a guy that has to be accounted for. He's a tough customer. In South Carolina, unfortunately for the Gamecocks, they don't defend the pass very well. They rank 116th in uh, defensive yards per pass attempt at 8.7 yards per attempt. So I think they're going to have a lot of trouble uh, defending Burden. Uh, They're also really good offensively. I mean, at least fairly good. South Carolina can score. They've scored a total of 96 points uh, in their last three games against Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Florida. I look for a lot of points uh, on Saturday there in Columbia. Take the over 59.5 South Carolina and Missouri. Yeah, South Carolina may, you know, some of their depth also may be, you know, effective. They had 20 players transfer out of their program 
uh, in the offseason that may contribute to their 110 uh, yards per play defense, too. So they uh, a lot of the – and you talked about their yards per attempt defense, uh, one of the poorer defenses uh, in uh, the SEC. And keep in mind that uh, Missouri LSU snap count was a little bit skewed also because LSU was trying to anything to help out their defense. As great as Jaden Daniels is playing, they ran it 2-1 to one against Missouri to try and play keep away and keep their defense off the field uh, as much. So contributing uh, to that number there. All right. Well, how about this, man? All our friends in Las Vegas are happy. Huh? They, got a, they got a winning football team. What about this one? Barry Odom. We talked about uh, that Arkansas missing both of those uh, coordinators. Uh, Bryles going to TCU and Odom taking a job at UNLV. Nobody could have anticipated this, though. What a job he has done. But, Man, when teams get on a roll, winning cures a lot of things. UNLV now at home, 7.5 and 62 at Colorado State. 4 p.m. local kickoff in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about Barry Odom. You know, first of all, I know UNLV's program, obviously a little bit under the radar uh, in the Mountain West. But as anybody, if you look at it, you know, give all 33, 133 teams rather an equal opportunity at the billing, has anybody done a better head coaching job this year than Barry Odom? Uh, you know, he inherits a program suffering from nine straight losing seasons. They're five and one at this point. Their only loss was there uh, to Michigan week two, 35 to seven, you know, fairly respectable there. Uh, but they, they've handled business. You know, they have won their games. Uh, they played a predictably easy schedule, only ranked 134th by Jeff Sagren. But those other five games, they've won by an average of 18.4 points per game, none of those five victories by fewer than 17 points. So they've really taken care of business. Rebels on a good trajectory right now. If you remember, I think it was for three weeks, Bobby Petrino was Barry Odom's first hire as offensive coordinator. But then, uh, of course, the Aggies come calling, and uh, he decides, Bobby Petrino decides to go to College Station and – get with uh, Jimbo Fisher there, and and maybe he wishes he would have stayed in Vegas at this point. But I think for UNLV, it turned out for the best because who they hired, their second choice, Brennan Marion, former NFL receiver who was last year the receivers coach at the University of Texas. He's obviously done a big-time job there. Uh, They've averaged, I think they've scored 40 points in all their five victories, at least 40 points. So uh, they have really been rolling. Then on the other side, Something I really like about this game is Colorado State's frame of mind. You know, last week we all saw it, uh, the dramatic 31-30 victory at home over Boise State. They trailed that game 30-10 to with four and a half minutes remaining. The Rams score three touchdowns in the final four minutes, one second. They win the game on the 33-yard deflected pass on the final play from scrimmage. Actually add the the extra point to – to, to get the victory there, but just an incredible victory for Colorado State. Their first ever victory over Boise State, I might add. The fans stormed the field, euphoria, mass celebration, incredible win for Jay Norville. I could go on and on, but I like to say what comes up must go down, and uh, it's going to be a, a tough situation coming into UNLV, uh, playing a Rebel team that's really playing at a high level, and their quarterback, Colorado State's quarterback, who's really exciting to watch. Uh, he, he throws a lot of touchdowns, throws a lot of interceptions too, especially on the road. In three road games this year, Colorado State's quarterback, Fowler uh, Nicolosi, 
He's thrown seven interceptions. So you got to figure that the, the Rebels, who've intercepted nine passes this year, might pick a couple off, might win that all-important turnover battle. I like the Rebels minus seven and a half uh, there at Allegiant over Colorado State. Well, one of the ways you evaluate uh, Coach of the Year honors and things like that, how do they um, match up, you know, how they exceed expectations. Uh, Barry Odom's UNLV running Rebels can go over their win total at five and a half with a win on Saturday against Colorado State. It was five and a half. Five and one on the year, like you said, Paul uh, scored 40 points in all of their wins. Their one loss might be the best team in the country, the Michigan Wolverines, and they covered that one. Uh, in Michigan as well. Each and every week, Paul Stone's best bets right here on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers ne- Network. For Paul Stone, I'm Jimmy Ott. We'll see you next week. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.